as this morning's passage and last week's and the Christmas story tells us, and as Emily so uh, clearly expressed to the children, life is a journey. It takes us in places uh, we do not expect and in ways that may sometimes surprise us, not the least of which is that true with this morning's story and text. Last week, I tried to make the case that God's incredible act of coming, becoming incarnate, that is, in flesh, the Word made flesh, is in itself beyond comprehension. But the way that God chose to do it, in this peasant, poor, young maiden who also became pregnant before she was married, put everything at risk and put everything in the midst of a cloud of scandal and shame. This is how God paradoxically chose to come into the world. And while I mentioned some about Joseph, uh, today I would like to just point out what I think Joseph's dilemma was about. And I have to do this in about four minutes. So uh, just listen as intently as you can. And uh, if you're timing me, uh, don't. (laughs) Hear the word as it is proclaimed to us from the gospel according to Matthew Chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the young maiden shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Matthew opens up this text, really the whole opening of the birth of Jesus with these words. The birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. And little do we know what that way would entail. The scandal, the talking, the paradoxical way that God chose to come into the world. The dilemma that Moses, excuse me, Joseph faced Being engaged or betrothed to Mary, it was more than just an engagement. In those days, a betrothal was a lengthy courtship overseen closely by parents before marriage. And she comes up, I guess you can say this word in church, pregnant. Just try to understand the dilemma that put Joseph in. He was a righteous man, we are told, and by Virtue of that, being righteous, meant that he was law-abiding. And the law clearly said in Leviticus 20.10, if you commit adultery, then the penalty is stoning by death. Not only for the woman, but for the man, supposedly, who 
had perpetrated it. So there was Joseph in this dilemma. The law was clear. He had the law on his side. He could have chosen the law, and being a man, he could have said to the authorities, I had nothing to do with it. I don't know anything about it. And he could have walked away scot-free. But instead, the text says that Joseph, being a righteous man, was unwilling to expose her to public disgrace. So he planned to dismiss her quietly. In other words, he was just going to leave town, not make a big brouhaha about it. He would get out of the way. Hopefully, there wouldn't be judgment on Mary. He didn't want her to be publicly disgraced. It's a fascinating story about how God chooses to come into the world wrapped around all of this human messiness and condition of pregnancies and marriage or not marriage as the case may be. And yet here is this Joseph who has to make a decision, the law or mercy. The law or mercy. And we all have that in us, that law or mercy part. For me, I struggle with the law all the time. Recently on Friday, I was in the parking lot waiting for someone, and I couldn't find a parking place because three people from the school had parked in the staff-only parking lots, which drive me crazy. What are they showing their kids about following rules? Those three pulled out, and three more pulled in to take their place. And I'm sitting there, I've got the law on my side, and I am judging with every gene in my body. In fact, once I even wrote a note to uh, a car that had parked in the uh, handicap lot that didn't have a handicap sign on it, uh, and sort of as best a preacher can do, politely blew them out for parking there without a handicap sign, And I soon got an email about an hour later saying that he apologized that he was, in fact, severely handicapped, but he had lost his handicap sticker. Busted. (laughs) The law is clear, and Joseph had it. But he chose mercy. That's the hard part. As a parent, when you deal with your children, we have to face this every time there is a decision to make. The law, the consequence, no, or mercy. I'll give you one more chance. The law is clear. We need law. The world breaks apart without it. Biologically, chemically, in every physical way, the law is important. If you don't have a law, people have no boundaries, things go spinning out of control, and everything breaks loose. Mercy is grace. Mercy is forgiveness. We live in the middle of that incredible tension of the way of life between law and mercy, and the question is, on which side do we fall? Someone once asked me, is God just? And I said, yes. And then they said, Well, you better hope God is not. And what that person was saying is, we are called to live by the law of love, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, and our might, 
and our neighbor as ourselves. And if that's the law we are called to live by, guess what? I don't and you don't live up to that law fully. Therefore, the law is clear and the sentence is too. But God ends up falling on the side of mercy, as did Joseph, even unto the cross. The word mercy comes from, in Latin, is from the word misere cardia, miserable heart. To show mercy is to have a broken and painful and miserable heart towards someone. It means you are now locked into the relationship. It's not either or. It's not black and white. It's not binary. It's now a relationship of human relational messiness. And that's exactly why and how God came into this world and exactly how and why God chose us to give us the last word, which is mercy. That last word uttered by Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And there God was, misere cardia.